You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, for the 100th time, is Paul Gillieri. And Paul, you know I love you, um, but because it's the 100th time, I felt like we need a little bit of support, not unlike a good jockstrap. <laughs> and that is the man... The myth, the legend, Stip. Uh, that might be the first time yeah. Stip has ever been referenced. I in the same appreciate it. As that, that maybe is the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. So <laughs> I appreciate well, it. Stip, welcome. This is your, 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 uh, was this the fourth time, third time? I don't remember. I, it might be the fourth. Year. It's, it's definitely not a hundred. Congratulations. That's an, an amazing achievement. Well, thank you, thank you sir. I, I don't, we're not the first show to have a hundred, but we are our favorite show to have a hundred. And uh, I actually cracked open a special bottle for this. Can you tell us what you're drinking there, Paul? This is a Glendronic 18 Alardice. It's named in honor of James Alardice, the founder and uh, distiller of the Glendronic Distillery out in Scotland. Well, I'll be damned. Um, Aberdeenshire. I've got a um, I've got a fat tire, but I've also got. Um, just in case, because it could go long, a uh, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger, juicy, hazy IP. In fact, uh, Paul, you left these at my house, so I'm drinking them. <laughs> and um, we were talking with Stip before we got on. <clears throat> Stip, you don't uh, you don't fancy the um, the devil's li- liquor as your as your as your favorite drink of choice. You are a sugary man. I you, I am. Can you tell me what you told Paul and I, or can you tell the listeners? How much Mountain Dew you drank last year? Um, several thousand ounces. Mm. Um, probably about uh, four or five. I may have overinflated my initial estimate. Uh, too many. There's, I, I should Stip's be dead. blood looks like ketchup right now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I've had my kids, so. <laughs> You're good. Nobody needs to get anything to come out of me anymore, so I can put whatever I want in. <laughs> the point is, is that we are all enjoying beverages because we're going to be sitting here for a little bit talking to you guys about Oh, I don't know. How about we pull out our favorite lyric from every studio album? Oh, yeah. That's 33 of them, if I'm doing my math correctly. So one stipulation being it had to be on the album. No B-sides. Correct. This is not cutting room floor. This is no lost dogs. Sorry, Merkin Ball is not included. It's just studio LPs. Uh, This is going to be long enough. So... It's going to go in reverse chronological order. We'll start with the most recent. Um, there's no other uh, jib-jab we're going to do. We're just going to get right into it because this will be, we'll be here for a while. So we're going to start with Gigaton. The order here will be Stip, our guest, of course, first. Then I will follow. And then uh, we'll sandwich me with Paul Guillieri uh, because I will probably have the worst takes. And so we need, we need the palate cleanser on the back end after you get the good stuff from Stip. So that's the order we'll go in. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to make it a surprise uh, as much as we can. So the first one up will be Steps Choice from Gigaton, and here it is. Actually, before you press... Pl- oh. 
Well, I was going to say, before you, you press play, um, okay. question for the, the two of you, if you don't mind, yes, just to make absolutely. this a little bit longer before it even starts. What is it that you look for in an ideal Ooh, lyric? I need to be moved, Stip. I, I, it has to be something poignant. It has to be something that lasts. Uh, Mark Twain once said that a classic is something that demands to be reread. And I feel like a good lyric follows suit. If it's something that really sticks with me, it gets me thinking outside the box laterally. Um, I don't know. I'm just, it, it, it's got to get tattooed in me. If, if that lyric, it doesn't literally have to be tattooed. I got a buddy of mine who tattooed a Radiohead lyric on his forearm. So I, I don't have to go that far, but it's it, it, metaphorically, figuratively tattooed. It's, a, it's the kind of lyric that would you tattoo yourself with a lyric? This is the one that you would choose from that album kind of thing. Sure. It's, the, it's the lyric that for me, it's, it's the one that maybe it's, um, not necessarily the most clever, but there's something to it that goes, Oh, wow. I didn't think of something like that. I would never have described something that way it, or it's so concisely done and it hits such a large point in such a fair amount of words that it just kind of encapsulates the exact way I could feel about something in a perfectly eloquent way. At the end of the day, yeah, it's what Paul said. It's how it moves you. It's how it makes you feel. And I think Eddie and, and, and the other guys, of course, Stone and, and Jeff and Mike and, and I don't know who else has written lyrics um, besides those guys. But um, ultimately, there are many, 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 many good lyrics. And we do a lyric of the week every week. And we'll do one later on. Um, but yeah, the best ones are the ones that kind of hit you deep in the cockles of the heart and make you feel a certain way, a little bit different than the others. And that's kind of how I, I look at it. Step, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, like I co-sign all of that. I mean, for me, it's, it's got to do one of two things. It's either to be something that's beautifully phrased, although honestly for song lyrics, it's often more something that's either exposes a truth that I, I was never able to fully articulate before. And, you know, with the song lyrics, some of that is part of the music and the context and the delivery and everything else. It's not just the word, it's the alchemy of all those things coming together, or it's got to be something phrased in a, uh, something that I've always believed that has been phrased in a way I never could have articulated myself. One of those two things, like, you know, it has to be the thing like, Oh shit, I wish I had said that. Well, and in my case, that's pretty much every damn lyric, but, um, the, yeah, the ones that go, oh, man, if, I, ugh, if only I could have written that. Well, that's, that's, that's how we feel about it. And let's get into the, the first track here. The first lyric from Stip, from Gigaton, your favorite, Stip. Here it is. All the answers will be Right step. What do you got? I, I I love that lyric right off the the bat, halfway through the the first song, right as it transitions into the 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 second half, the extended bridge. I mean, Gigaton is an uh, is an album about aging and legacy, and sort of like looking back at the world that you're leaving, you know, for the the next generation, and you know, for uh, an aging Gen Xer, reckoning with the failed promise of of your generation, the responsibilities that um, we've failed to meet to the uh, generation that's that's going to be following us, um, and the the tragedy of the fact that there's no 
insolvable problems. There's no, um, it's not like we don't know what we've done wrong or even how to fix it. We just haven't. And just, and the, um, the vaguely frustrated sort of, you know, with himself, vaguely hopeful, uh, aspirations for others just to look at what we've done and not repeat it to to be better than we've been uh, i think all that gets encapsulated in that one lyric i think it's it's great because it's hopeful mm-hmm. all the answers will be found not not could be found mm-hmm. will will be found yep. in the mistakes we've made it, the answers are there for us to find we, it's all on us it's all it's it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an examination of free will and the and, and also a growth mindset though yeah. This idea that we learn through our mistakes. Yep. You know what I mean? It's uh, mistakes are, are um, they're bruises, not tattoos. And I yep. think if we can find a way to exact clarity and progress from those mistakes, then that, that, that's, that, that's their whole purpose. It's amazing how children can grow up with such a deep seated fear of making them. With, and it, even as adults, so many of us are so terrified of making them. We don't realize that, that they're literally opportunities for growth. I once worked at the Apple store and they would tell us that um, there weren't mistakes. There were opportunities. Yeah. You might call that schmaltzy capital, blah, 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 blah. But you know, if you think about it, it is, it's an opportunity to learn from something. And that's mm-hmm. how we should be teaching our kids when it comes to mistakes. It's like, this is a chance for you to learn. You know, when you, when you win or lose, you know, winning is fantastic, but you may not learn as much as you do from, from losing. And so that helps you to get better, to lose less and to win more in a sporting context. Um, I also look at this as, as a warning. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hopeful, but it's a warning. The mistakes, the, the answers will be found in the mistakes we've made. So you better find them. Otherwise, you'll keep making those mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it, like to, to your point, it does so much. And it's two lines. Brilliant. It's brilliant. All right. We're going to go to mine. My choice here for my favorite lyric from Gigaton is this. Can I try one last time? Could all use a savior from human behavior sometimes. And the kids are all right. The queen of collections took your time. Sadness comes cause some of it was mine. Oh, man, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Comes and goes as, as a song is one of my favorite lyrical pieces that he's ever done. Eddie, mm-hmm. uh, from front to back. I know it's six minutes long. I know you guys, some of you out there just can't take six minutes of this. It flies by for me because I love every single sentence. I love every single word. I love this particular portion because it's at the end, because it's the final cry. It's the final can I try one last time? There's a bit of just, it's, 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 it's so wanting. And, and this, the idea of like the queen of collections as it's, like, it's a great, it's a great image. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. And, and just the, the acknowledgement that some of the time of yours was the, was, was the time that we spent together. And I no longer can ever get some of that. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It's such a beautifully poetic way to talk about the best times with a friend that can no longer be had. Well said. Yep. Nothing, nothing to add. Every like final 
couplet in each of the verses in Comes and Goes is Outstanding. It is a, a really excellent piece of writing from Eddie. And that's that's my favorite uh, bit from that song, too. Is it really? Okay, well, then there you go. Paul, anything? No, I thought you said it beautifully. I, I think what you just put together is a perfect segue for where we are about to head. All right, let's go there to Paul's favorite track, or I'm sorry, Paul's favorite excerpt lyrically from Gigaton. Where you been? Can I find a glimpse of my friend? Don't know where or when one of us left. The other behind. Divisions came and troubles multiplied. Incisions made by scalpel. Oh boy. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful writing. Um, it's, it's incredibly, it's such a salient point as well. When you think about it, what is time, if not the blade that cuts. And uh, I, I really feel that when you think about really any lasting experience, whether it was, it, it's love lost, love acquired, um, a friend uh, gone tragedy. Sorry. I got the dog going ballistic out here. Um, a dog going ballistic, song. right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, you start to realize that um, these things cut, you know what I mean? That they are incisions that stay with us. And, and we wear these figurative and metaphorical scars with us the rest of our lives. And they help shape who we become. And I really adore the um, Eddie's ability to kind of piece together these references to arithmetic. I mean, it's, mm. it is because there's there, math is really in, in a lot of ways, the language of the universe, this, this concept that divisions came and troubles multiplied. You can really look at a life as an accumulation of choices. And, and those experiences essentially are the sum of those choices. And when divided, we kind of get to see the, the various parts that, that comprise who we are and, and who we have become. And I, I just see so much nuance, so much detail, so much depth and breadth to just these last two lines, but the context of what comes before it, where have you been, cannot find a glimpse of my friend, don't know where or when one of us left the other behind, uh, obviously adds that extra level of meaning to it as well. Yeah. Every one of the final two lyrics, I'm just, I just called, called them up and I'm scrolling through it. Like every one of those couplets in this song is just outstanding. Uh, those are both excellent choices, but you could have just thrown a dart at any of the final two lyrics and <laughs> in this one, and they would have been great. It felt that way for me. And, and funny enough, you know, when we first broached this topic and I, and I settled down, nestled into my bed and with my laptop open, trying to think of the, okay, what am I going to choose? Here? What am I going to choose? And <clears throat> the first thing I thought of was whoever said, like you did, because I love the lyrics in that song. I love the song as a whole. And then I reminded myself, oh, wait, there's a song called Comes and Goes where I pretty much just, I'm in love with every part of it. So, there we go. That's Gigaton. We've got one for whoever said, two for comes and goes. We're going back to 2013 now into Lightning Bolt. And this is Stip's choice for his favorite lyric from Lightning Bolt. Short and sweet, Stip, what do you got? Yeah, so I've, yeah, I've, uh, most of mine are, are really just going for, for short and sweet. This was tough because... I, if I could have chosen all of Infallible, I would have. I love the lyric overall. I, I love the, all of the complicated stuff that song is doing, but I couldn't find that that one line 
that that captured it. And you know, Gigaton builds off of this, but Lightning Bolt is the first middle-aged record that Pearl Jam mm-hmm. came out with. All right, you know, we're adults, the the better half of our you know lives are behind us. You know, we all have children that are growing up and we're now sort of reckoning that the with the fact that the world is not just about us, it's about what we're leaving for the generation that's coming next. And that's just it's such a great middle-aged lyric where you have this wonderful life. Uh the uh you you're the world's been good to you. Uh and yet there's so much in it that's unfair. There's so much in it that's unfinished. Uh, you know, whether it's within your own life or you know the the larger context that you find yourself in, that you're not going to be able to fix in time. You're not going to be able to leave uh, exactly the way you want to leave it. Um, you know, so much, so much love, so much joy, so much frustration. Uh, and I, you know, that's what getting older is. You know, that's what thinking about your legacy is. And again, just one simple line, I think, captures all of it. I mean, I look at more, even more macro than that step. You know, this world's a long love letter that makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can think about right now. You can think yep. about it, almost any moment in, mm-hmm. in, in, in history, as far as the, you know, we've been alive or farther back than that. There are so many things to make us feel that we just can't fix it. We can't overcome it. We, there's some things that feel so big that like, how do I make a difference? Even, even, you know, it could be the whole Russia, Ukraine thing. I mean, I know that as we're taping this, it's, it's fucking, what is it? It's March 25th, 2022. And you could be listening to this in August or another year. I don't know, but you know, it could come to something super micro unto yourself. You know, a buddy of mine has his throat cancer and, you know, I, I donated as much as I could. And, and luckily he has a lot of friends who have donated a lot of money, but like, who knows you're it's, there's a helpless feeling about some of the bad shit out there. And it almost feels overwhelming sometimes. And it, yeah, it feels like this, long, this long level letter of life of what it could be. And, and also is not at the same time. Look, it, when you have I, th- this idea that you look, when you think about a love letter, right. <laughs> it, 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 it's supposed to, communicate a great affinity and a connection for someone or something. But at the same time, there's often a lamentation associated with that. And I think as we age, we lament uh, not just the choices that we made, but often the the ones that we didn't make. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think that it's not just, you know, you macro is a great word. It's not just on the micro level of of who we are as individuals and relationships that we forge and those interpersonal connections. Uh, I'm I'm talking about a much larger picture, uh, what we do as a society Mm -hmm. and some of those, those very, very key pivotal points in human history that ultimately shaped uh, epochs to come. And so uh, it's a loaded line. And it's one of those things where you, you can, you can, (laughs) you can go down the rabbit hole of something like that and just have a discourse that lasts well into the the wee hours of the morning and uh, find choice to find choice. Not unlike this show, Paul, (laughs) (laughs) which could be tonight. Uh, All right. I think it's a great transition into my choice for favorite lyric from lightning bolt. Here it is. Oh, 
You did what Stip could not. Yep, there you go. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I cheated in his mind because I chose, uh, what is that, five lines? Um, <laughs> yeah, Infallible is one of those ones, and, and Paul and I realized that when we saw uh, on, when we saw the band on the Lightning Bolt Tour in 2013, which, by the way, Paul, that was almost nine years ago now, ah. if you feel old yet, um, it, we realized that it hit a little better live, and when, it, when the music hits you a little better, at least for me, I then I kind of then double back in the lyrics and go, wait a minute. So I'm kind of a music first kind of guy. If it hits me, the music hits me, then I kind of go back and say, okay, what is the lyrics really doing? And I dove in and I go, oh man, this is this is getting pretty, it's deep on the nose at the same time. And it it speaks to what we just kind of mentioned from Mind Your Manners. It, th- there are some big issues out there that we could very easily, from a theoretical standpoint, solve. And, and overcome and not not even not even be on the radar but somehow we miss them you know if, if it's you know under five education for all if it's healthcare, if it's you know the homelessness problem if it's war if it's you know inflation whatever it is all these things i'm not saying they're easier they're simple but they're big things that we should be focusing on figuring out and as massive countries solving it shouldn't be the big, that big of a deal. And somehow, and I'm focusing kind of just on one half of, of what all this thing he's talking about is we could be solving these things and we just, we, we let it slip right through our fingers seemingly every year in a very frustrating manner. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. I would imagine you do. Sure. No, right on. That's yeah. the, I, I love the, the infallible, t- infallible and mind your manners in a lot of ways are, are really sister songs that are They're coming things, at this yeah. in, in same way. And the like, you know, you could will it to the sky or you could something else chorus from mind your manners is kind of getting at something pretty similar, but the, you know, the whole, the word infallible means that you've, you're convinced of your, your own rightness, your own truth, that there's no need to look further. And when you, uh, the litany of, you know, social problems, uh, political problems, world problems, environmental problems, you could apply the infallible lyrics to you know, the, Assumption we tell ourselves is that these, you know, we can't do things differently. We can't be better than we are. We can't make changes. Uh, I can't do something to fix this. We're stuck. And that's the sort of, you know, part of the infallibility that he's he's critiquing. Like, you know, the fact that we can't, we're, we've convinced ourselves we can't imagine that something could be better. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's incredibly frustrating that it it's come to that. Um and that was the, that was the dark part of this album is mm-hmm. that you have some so- songs that are more hopeful that are, you know, you've got sirens, you know, basically a love song. And, but then you have, this is the antithesis and, and with love comes everything else. And it's just so frustrating to, to let these, these big things, these big solvable things seemingly just go by the wayside. Um, and the, the, the arrogance that goes hand in hand with that, which is what you were talking about, I think is, it makes it even worse. I don't, I don't know if you, if you agree, Paul. I, I do. I think that there's a responsibility that comes with choices. And I think that this, this song really capitalizes on this idea that at some point, the more power that we accumulate, the less we, we associate our responsibility we it's not that we become neglectful but 
or drunk with power per se, but I, I think that there's a certain level of impunity that we subscribe to. That the, the, the more power we have, the more justified we are in believing that we should be able to get away with choices mm. and that our, our actions are, are defensible all the time. And the song for me really highlights the, 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 the tragic human flaw in that line of thinking and just how necessary it is for us to realize that uh, the more successful we become in any realm in life, the more incumbent upon us it is to place a higher level of responsibility on our shoulders because the choices we make have a ripple effect that, that ultimately impacts so many other people. And our inability to take into consideration how the choices we make affect others is it's uh, so damaging on so many levels. And uh, we've reached an apex, I think, in human history <laughs> where uh, we, we we can't seem to kind of wrap our heads around that. Although, uh, you know, my wife would probably argue we're watching uh, Vikings Valhalla and it, you just look at like the savage brutality of civilization. Back then. It's like, are you sure we haven't made progress? We have, but uh, a little bit of progress, a little bit. I guess, bitty. <laughs> All right, Paul. Well, I'm going to continue with you. Then uh, we're going to go to your favorite lyric from lightning bolt. Understand what we don't know. This might pass, this might last, this may grow. Easy come and easy go. Easy left me a long time ago. Uh, the delivery is outstanding. It, it's it, for me. It was one of my favorite moments of any of the shows that we saw. Was that moment in Pendulum and just uh, it, it, it soars. It, it it in a lot of ways, it's a very subdued version of what we get with retrograde. Just this 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 very euphoric kind of, but it's very melancholy. It, it's rooted in this uh, kind of bluesy take. What, what a great line. Easy left me a long time ago. It sounds like something off a Nina Simone album. It really does. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it, it's great. I mean, Nina Simone sings the blues. Highly recommend that. And uh, I, I just love the ability to create such simplicity in, in the lyrical composition but yet the delivery just elevates it in a way that it's so resounding in a lot of ways. And uh, it's, it's for me, it's one of my favorite moments in the album. Uh, um, and it can, it continues too. there, you know, I'm in the fire, but I'm still cold. Nothing works, works for me anymore. And, and I, I love the, uh, the imagery that's presented in this, this might pass, might last, might grow the uncertainty that comes with, mm with difficult decisions and, and feeling like you're, you're literally on a pendulum going to and fro. And, and it, it, a lot of times people are criticized for indecision, but sometimes the magnitude and the gravity of the decisions we make are crippling. They're paralyzing. And um, we start to realize that just, you just get to a point in life where just choices, they stop being easy. They really, really do. And when the easy ones do come along, you savor those moments. They're like gifts. And I think uh, b becoming a parent has taught me that first and foremost. But uh, even if you, you don't have that in your life, that doesn't mean you can't relate to that. 
Yeah, it's a nice uh, follow-up to to Infallible and Mind Your Manners as well. There's a nice sort of symmetry here because you get in Pendulum, you know, after the, you know, there's there's some optimism and there's some fire in uh, Mind Your Manners and Infallible. Like, you know, for, for all that the world is on fire around us, like there's something that we can do about it if we just, you know, get our heads straight and uh, and believe we can. And then you have, you know, in Pendulum, the the... the Flip side of that is that is the person doom scrolling through their phone and just feeling overwhelmed <laughs> and scrolling. like there's there's just too much you know th- there's there's too much like I I can't engage with this it's it's too big it's too overwhelming it's uh it's too intimidating um you know like there's the you know you know pendulum is like the the guy huddled in the corner afraid to to get out it's um. I forget what website did it first, what app did it first, but the uh, maybe you guys are what you're referring to when you say doom scrolling, but the the infinity scroll, where <laughs> the page just just never stops loading. There's always content, and no matter what app you're on, if it's Twitter, if it's Reddit, if it's Instagram, whatever, it never ends. And whatever the algorithm is, might make you feel like you're nothing, or shit, or 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 great for a minute, and then back down again. And that's it's the mini pendulum within the greater pendulum, and it's like, come on, man, where where's the end here? Oh man, great song, great performance. Uh, let's move on though to Backspacer. <clears throat> Thirty-seven minutes of fun. Paul and I discussed whether it should be a thing or not a few episodes ago, and we decided it should, and it was. And uh, this is Stip's favorite lyric from Backspacer in two thousand nine. So I, I've I obviously cut all of my selections off uh, a line or two, uh, uh, too too quickly. I, 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 I took I took the brief seriously. Um, I Force Nature is my favorite song off a of backsta- backspacer. Uh, one of my favorite Pearl Jam records. It absolutely belongs. Uh, <laughs> that was a an infuriating listen uh, <laughs> when you guys did that show. Like, why is that even a question? Um, <laughs> because there are some people, Stip, and we had to prove them wrong. No, there are, you know, there are. Uh, and I just, I just enjoyed our lightning bolt conversation. Another fantastic, uh, unfairly maligned album. Um, Force of Nature is, is one of those songs, you know, broadly where the, the lyrics and the music really sync up nicely, you know, uh, for me, at least to paint the picture of, of, the man standing on the, the shoreline, like in the storm, you know, resolute, holding on to whatever faith has kept him there, you know, it could be about a person. I mean, there's, you know, elements of that, you know, in the song that it's something of a, a love song, but it could be, you know, faith in, uh, in an ideal, you know, faith in, you know, the fact that the world could be better. It's not a coincidence that this song, you know, is on the album. That's the you know, the big exhalation after the the really tense uh, Bush administration years, the incoming promise of the uh, the Obama administration, and you know, I just you know love the I you know somewhere there's a siren singing a song only he hears, uh, the image of this person standing you know resolute holding on to their their faith even if nobody else sees it hears it understand it. Uh, there's like a rugged endurance to the lyric. Um, there's a, a beauty to it. I always like a, a well-timed, uh, a, a well-executed literary illusion 
Uh, it's just a, a phenomenal line. You brought up the fact that it could be about something that's that's not a person, a personal relationship. And I mean, far be it for me to say otherwise. I, with my simple mind, my monkey, my monkey brain, uh, took it for what the uh, the first person or the or the first knee jerk reaction would be as a personal relationship. And because sure. I happened to be working uh, from afar when I first met my wife, and not first, but like a couple of years in, I was working. Uh, Funnily enough, in Russia for six weeks, and 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 so this this song mm-hmm. made all the sense in the world. It, it was that there there was it was almost on point. It was a song, a siren song that I could hear, and she was singing only to me. You know, to come back, I'll I'll be here waiting for you on the on the sand, kind of thing. And so it's it's that plus the music. It's always been my favorite song on the record, and I think it just it does so much in in a space if you're thinking about it from a personal relationship point of view that i think other songs maybe have tried to do but haven't done as well and i I just really enjoy it so this is a hell of a pick completely agree all right well then we're going to go into my favorite choice from backspacer which is not not from this song and it's this one Some of my favorite yeah. moment in if, the, mm-hmm. on the album too. <laughs> if that, I that's ever my needed, number two. <laughs> if I ever needed a kick in the ass, if I ever needed some sort of inspiration or or some sort of like, you can do this thing, man. You know, and and everybody has a different. I'll just stay with careers, but everyone has a different career path, and in certain industries, maybe it's all of them. I don't know. Um, things can get real tight real quick, and it's hard to ascend. And I think, especially in, in the, uh, as we call it, quote unquote, the content space, it is easy to feel like it's impossible to, to be seen or to be heard or to get the break um, that you're looking for, or to, 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 to do the job or to do what you really want to do. They, they always say, you know, you're not really working if you, if you love your job kind of thing. I'm misquoting it completely but it is what it is everybody in your space is trying to dream that dream and if you can dream it you'll be no one's rival if you can if you can think and 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 aspire to be what you want to be and work your ass off and put the blinders on and ignore the distractions and that everybody else kind of gets tripped up by you can be everyone's rival you you can be the shining star and you can get exactly what you want. And I love the inspiration out of that. And, you know, you mentioned it, the, you know, maybe it's the, um, the glow of the, at the time future with the Obama administration, if you are of that persuasion. Um, and it's, it's positivity as part of the, re- part of the episode we did, Paul, with, with, you know, whether or not there <laughs> should be a thing was, do the guys do well with positivity and, and hope? <laughs> and I subscribe that they, they do. And this is case in point. Ex- it's exhibition not the fixer, or, but <laughs> exhibit A for me. Exhibit <laughs> A for me. What, what do you What do you think? I, I agree. I, I think uh, you know it. This and gems and rhinestones, man. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. There's. Go ahead, Steph. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I've got 
you, you've got your own notes on this. I, I feel that again, it, there's, there's this line, um, the, the line from pendulum, there, there's a the great line from thumbing my way when Eddie sings it live. There's that line from black, um, about uh, kids at play. Uh, it, sometimes that he just takes his lyrics and he just makes them soar. And when he when he does it, and, and the production that's behind it with a song like Unthought Gnome, it uh, it really really does. It, it stays with you, man. It, 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 you look forward to it. It's amazing how how some artists that you need a whole chorus to really create that lasting effect, and how Eddie can just do it with the backside of a line. So it's it's pretty impressive. You know, I'll, I'll say for this too, I've actually, um, I, th- I think your interpretation uh, totally works, Jason. And it, honestly, it's, it's probably the, the correct one, just given the rest of the lyrics in the song. Uh, I've always read that, that section, the dream, the dreams of other, other men, more as uh, a moment of like tolerance and reconciliation and, you know, realize, uh, and, um, you know, empathy. If you put yourself in other people's oh, shoes, wow, you dream yeah. the dreams, you live their experiences. You know, it bridges the the divides between you. You know, it unites you. Like as a a call for solidarity, especially with the you know, dream the dreams of others. Then you know, you'll be no one's rival. But having said that, I hadn't thought about it your uh, the way that you phrased it. But certainly, every lyric up to that point speaks to uh, to your interpretation. I kind of like yours a little bit more now. <laughs> there's something for everyone here exactly exactly all right let's go to paul's favorite lyric from backspacer I think it, I, there's a compelling argument that it's the most beautiful thing he's ever written. For me, anyway, I, I, from the beginning of the catalog to the end. And, and I, I would argue that there's a, a lasting chance for me that it will remain the most beautiful thing he's ever written. Uh, man, <laughs> I, can't, I, I cannot think of a set of lyrics that captures what death must really be like in, in, on most occasions better than this and uh i i sometimes imagine that that's exactly that to 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 bring it back to what stip said earlier uh you know can you articulate something in a way that i could not that's exactly what happened here for me and so this to me is what i (laughs) i imagine death will feel like for me in a lot of ways um so just gonna leave it with that is there is there um Well, I think we'll probably get to a song later that might do this or rival this, but like from a naked perspective, it it feels like this is the most vulnerable or one of the most vulnerable moments in the record. And it's not even him that he's writing about, which is the fucking scary thing. (laughs) I mean, certainly it's the most naked moment on, you know, on, on this record. I also, what I really love about this, when you think about, what it uh, uh, what it predicts, you know, what's what's coming, you know, that one couplet, 
kind of encapsulates like almost everything that they're going to grapple with in one way or another on the the two albums that follow on on Lightning Bolt and Gigaton. Like you can absolutely trace their roots to to this sentiment, this concern. Like you know, with with my time running out, uh, you know, what am I what am I carrying forward? What's going to be you know left? Death is scary, man. I mean, well, I mean, maybe it's just to me, but like some people have, have lived a life where maybe they're always in the hospital or they've got some disease where they know that, you know, it is what it is, or, or maybe they're just older and they're, they're content with, with that kind of feeling. Uh, I don't, I don't know that anybody is ever truly honest when they say that they're not scared of death. I feel like there's gotta be a little bit of something because, because it's, there's an unknown we have no idea what lies beyond our last breath and people can surmise, people can guess people. There are 145 religions that, that say one thing or the other, right? Whatever the hell it is, but no one ever knows for sure. And there's gotta be some level of just like, uh, you know, and that's the thing that he perfectly well captures. It's like, I, you don't, you don't know. And that's the scary thing. And humans, Human beings are scared of which they do not understand or know. And to varying degrees, I think he absolutely nailed it with the, with this track. So, well, think, think, think about the Egyptians too, what they would bury. Yeah, within, ex- exactly. In their, their uh, exactly. The sarcophagus. It's a, uh, and this idea that he just wants this loved one to whisper something that to, to take with him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a beautiful <laughs> line, man. It really it's, is. it's a, it's a great lyric that, has uh, I'm glad you picked that one because that that one has flown below the the radar for me. Um, you know, Paul chose my I'm excuse me, Jason chose my second favorite lyric. Like that was the it was always going to be that force of nature lyric, but um, the unthought known one is probably my second favorite. But that's good. Give me something to echo in my unknown future's ear. Like that's that's one I haven't lingered with uh, as much as I should have. That's a good line. And we all have kids. And if if out if you guys out there if you have children. You'll have listened to that before and been like, man, yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, underrated song. I think we would all agree. Uh, let's move on, though. Let's move on to Pearl Jam, Avocado. This is Stip's choice for favorite lyric from Pearl Jam. So comatose is my favorite overall lyric on the album. I think it's a, the whole song, which I, I, I would have been happy to choose the whole song, just searing indictment of uh, American obliviousness during the, the Bush administration in particular, but, you know, in general, like the, um, the, the vacuum Im- imagery, the the falling imagery, free of conditions, free of air and friction, free. Of, well, that's not the lyric that I chose, uh, you know, but free of <laughs> consequence, responsibility, uh, able to just kind of barrel your way through the world without having to worry about um, what comes next or what you're doing. In that respect, it's also kind of a, you know, a nice follow up to a song like "Do the Evolution," and then in the mm. the second, uh, the second passage. Uh, thank you. With the uh, the second uh, verse, which is basically just repeating 
the first. I like the, the imagery a little bit more. You know, the consider me an abscess as the parallel to consider me an object earlier, like, you know, this, uh, you know, bleeding, gross, you know, uh, infection. Uh, you know, leave me in my vacuum. Don't don't worry about it. And the, the blood on all my all the pistons run in my transmission. Love that imagery of like you know the 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 bleeding engine just sort of plowing through, burning itself out, completely unaware. Uh, just excellent uh, metaphor for uh, everything that's uh, so frustrating about us. It's uh, it, it takes a really good lyricist to make a point like that in a punk rock song in, in, in two and a half minutes, whatever it is. And that was what, two, two lines. He, I mean, you, you boil it down, you boil, you boil a lot of Americana down and it's that or American geopolitics. And it's that it's, it's incredible. Let me go then to my choice from Pearl Jam. And here it is. If this wasn't like the, the history of time in four lines, I don't know what would be this, this idea that, you know, there are charlatans out there, you know, telling people what they, what they need them to hear so they can stay under the thumb of the powerful. And then everyone's just kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, this, this thing that we all agree is the thing is telling me that we're the best. Yeah. Well, our thing tells us it's like, that is human history. And like it or lump it, you know, believe in what you ever want. No one's, no one's right. No one's right. Everyone, everyone is right and wrong at the same time. And everyone believes that they are what they believe and what they think is, is accurate. And everybody else is this whole, everybody else thing, this, this whole others thing, which, you know, if we're talking about American politics, that's been cable news for the past 30 years. It's, it's like, yeah, where, where's the God now? Is are any of the gods showing up? Not here, not here. No one showed up. All we're doing is kicking each other's asses for no fucking reason. And it's what infuriates me about, about the history of man is that there is this, this misguidedness, which is planned and we're fighting and killing each other over what, over what? And it, it's, it's marker in the sand is one of those songs that I think is again, kind of like the end sort of flies under everyone's radar, not played a whole lot, but like go back. There are some songs that Paul and I have done in this show where we're like, well, we got to choose a song. We got to kind of get to an era. Let's just pick this one right here. Cool. And you go back and you study it some more and you go, oh, shit, this is like a little bit better than I thought it was. And, and this is one of those songs where I'm like, shit, this was a lot more poignant than I ever claimed it could be. And here we are. And I'm loving it. It's my favorite al- favorite lyric from the album. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong choice, man. Um, it's funny. It, this concept of borders <laughs> it's just they're literally imaginary the lines r- r- written on a piece of paper yeah. and uh the amount of bloodshed that's been uh, spilled over over things like this um it, it, there's a lot on this album i think that really talks and speaks to 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 uh, the res- just the governments and and young men and women sent to do the bidding of a much larger nefarious entities that <laughs> that 
that ultimately don't have everyone's best interest in mind, despite the, uh, the, the, the dogma that that's pushed on us that they do. So I hear that. There's a, a bit of a theme that's emerging in, in some of your picks, Jason, uh, you know, with, you know, marker and, and infallible, they're both, you know, in their ways, critiques of, of certainty of, of the assurance that your beliefs are correct. Your side is right. Mm-hmm. There's something that's absolute that that's, legitimating the things that you do uh and just the ways in which that that perspective is you know if not the antithesis is so hostile just to the idea of of empathy understanding where other people are coming from being able to relate to them uh humanize them sympathize you know uh with them forgive them when they uh they they do things that you couldn't otherwise you know sanction or tolerate you know there's uh yeah that's at the the heart of what so much of Pearl Jam's music is about. And, you know, Marker and Infallible are both reaffirming that in different ways. Yeah. No, nail on the head. All right. Let's go to Paul's favorite from Pearl Jam from Avocado. And here it is. Um, back in 2002, the, the, the writer who wrote Braveheart, his name's Randall Wallace, he wrote and directed a film called We Were Soldiers, also starring Mel Gibson. This is not a Mel Gibson rant, but, (laughs) uh, in that movie, there's a character played by Madeline Stowe and uh, she plays a Vietnam soldier's wife. And she kind of becomes the leader of the American wives who were living on this, this base back home. And when the army begins to use these yellow cab drivers to deliver telegrams that notify the next of kin of soldiers' deaths in combat, this character played by Madeline Stowe starts to personally assume that emotional responsibility. And she starts going there to deliver the news instead because she feels like it needs a more personal touch. And she is dreading the moment when it's going to be a cab driving up to her home. And I'll never forget thinking to myself, that could have been the whole film. <laughs> that that mm. that that emotional currency in that character's choice and just watching that unfold was just it was gripping to me and when i listen to a song like army reserve and i think about these lyrics here um how long must she stand before the ground gives way to an endless fall how, that that hat could you have written Huge. a better lyric to describe what it feels like you're just falling endlessly when when you get news like that I cannot relate. I cannot empathize. I, I will not even pretend to do so. And if there's anyone listening who has tragically experienced something like this, um, I, I apologize for even insinuating that I could, I could try to, uh, to truly articulate what you've gone through. Um, but this feeling of, of you, know, you can feel the war on your face the way you could a hot fire. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's such a loaded package of lines uh, and the stars on her pillow, she's folding in darkness, begging for slumber. Uh, again, I mean, that there's something about death that Eddie has been able to capture. And I think a lot of it has to do with losing his father at such a young age. 
and, and how much ruminating he's done on this topic in, a, in, in such a very personal way and um, the effect that it has on those left behind. And, and you just, you, you get that sense, even with the line that he delivered in the end, there, there was that lasting impact of, okay, when I'm gone, this is going to, there's someone else affected by this too. So I, I really appreciate the, um, just how grounded he is in his ability to uh, capture perspectives like this. And I thought it was just a, just a, a wonderful job to me. It's this song is, is what I wanted dissident to be lyrically in a lot of ways. There's, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, an example too of the way a, a great lyric sets the grammar for the rest of the song. Cause my favorite line in army reserve is in the, the next verse, the, she tells herself and everyone else uh, father's been risking his life, his life for our freedom. Mm-hmm. That line doesn't hit though, without all of the heavy lifting yeah. that, that you just described. Like, you know, that's, uh, that is absolutely completely dependent on the emotional context that gets set up in the, the first verse so well with that lyric. That's it. And it's really well said. I, I didn't thought about consciously the heavy lifting that the first verse does for that line step. And you're absolutely right. Cause that, that line is so, it doesn't take a lot to understand what what's happening there, but to, to really close your eyes and, and feel the poetry from the verse that we've just played. Uh, it takes some concentration. And when you do that, it's almost like when you're reading where the wild things are, you know, and all of a sudden everything in the pages just turns into the world. And all of a sudden you've kind of just by osmosis become a part of that world, even though you're just reading the book and little Max is still in his bedroom. It's, it's wild. Um, and it, it, that's that, that song is, I don't, this is like a theme for you, Paul. You're picking it the, is. the underrated songs and the albums that like just people don't really think about. But then when you when you really do think about it, you're like, oh shit, this is like maybe the best song on the record, save for Inside Job, maybe. I, I don't know. It, it's it, it's so well done and so and not played nearly enough. And uh, I love it. And it's a great choice. Let's go then to 2002. We're getting through. I uh, I've got up a new beer because we're Tip. that's where we're at. Um, we're going to Riot Act, and this is Stip's choice, his favorite choice lyrically from Riot Act. So I was saying, uh, you know, earlier, I really just want to nominate the, all of the I am mine choruses. Uh, they're all subtly different in, uh, you know, their own ways, the shift of a word here, you know, in, in this line or in this line, there's probably a, like a word for that literary trick. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's feeling here, it's meaning there, you know, it's, uh, uh, innocence, uh, in a sense, uh, you know, depending on when you're, you're there, uh, you know, I am mine is the, the big warm. It's all going to be okay. Hug in the middle of a pretty sobering, uh, not distrustful, but doubtful, lonely record. Uh, you know, a riot act has the 
early stages of the war on terror, Bush administration, what has happened to my country? You know, why did everybody lose their mind? Am I the only sane person here? A feel to it. It's obviously going to be uh, influenced by Ross Guild uh, as well. What, how does what we do make sense anymore in the face of this kind of, of tragedy? And I just love the way the, I mean, I love the whole song. I mean, it's the best song on this album, but the, uh, the way this, this grapples with the enormity of so much loss, so much doubt, so much uncertainty, you know, hitting you right at uh, all at one time, and just the the need for some kind of safety, uh, assurity, uh, stability, um, you know, someone to just come along and tell you that you know, underneath all your confusion, it's it's all going to be okay, which is what the you know the song you know builds to so so well. But it's it's a great example, of, and Eddie's good at this of how you could take the same basic chorus and just tweak the word here or there and make it different uh, every time. The the moment in the album that this appears, there's, there's a reason why it's in the middle of the album, and, and you hit it. I mean, this is a very it's a <clears throat> I don't know if dark is the right word, but it's a it's not a happy album. Let's just put it that way. And um, this is that little respite. Yeah. And, you know, you, you alluded to Ross Guild. It was the first song written after Ross Guild. It was written the night before their first show back in Virginia Beach on a rainy night in his hotel room. It's, it's, it's everything we needed from this album, even though we needed the rest of it too. Mm-hmm. After you listen to the rest of the album, you need this song. And there's probably a reason why it was the, it was the lead single. Yeah, uh, I think it's a great choice, Paul. I know, I know you do. Uh, I know you agree. Uh, yeah, uh, I know. I was born, and I know that I'll die. The in between is mine. I am mine. It's uh, th- there's th- it's such a strong message, and uh, I-, I think that it- it's important to remember that there's something embedded within these these lyrics that are very life affirming. So there's that that element of positivity, but but also there's something existential. It's it- it's existential in a way that crop duster is not. It's existential in a way that, um, you know, it's not Descartes, I think, therefore I am. It's very rooted in choice. It's very much grounded in this, this, this ability to kind of perceive who you are and how the choices that you make can ultimately define you. And you don't have to be defined by the actions and choices of others. And, and this life is yours. And uh, the only thing that you ultimately know is that you were born and that you're going to die. And I think this song really does a wonderful job of kind of navigating the, uh, the appropriate mindset that's necessary to kind of frame this, this experience of life in a way that's not necessarily disjointed or apathetic, but more so um, done in a way that allows us to, to, to process the gravity of, of, of feeling, you know, that comes with the, just the human nature. I think it's necessarily simple in that yeah. it, it just says what we need to hear. Uh, you mentioned uh, the song that my lyrical choice is from, and this is it.
I'm carrying on the standing choice. Outstanding choice. <laughs> I'm carrying <laughs> on the theme. Uh, I thought the world turns out the world thought me. Yeah, I've always that's that's just it's great. What a great choice. <laughs> I, I raise my glass to you, sir. <laughs> well, I raise my glass to you. Um, it's I've always I never always loved this song. That's a double negative, right? Um, I, I didn't always care for this one. Um, from a music musical standpoint, I've grown to really uh do i do do like a lot now and uh but this lyrical uh portion always stuck out like a like a beautiful thumb and those two lines in, in very particular but i think they need the rest of that bridge there to to really uh show what they what they are and that is that you know what there's an arrogance in this world sometimes there is um necessary humility and it doesn't show itself enough. And I think it, it makes sense to call a spade a spade sometime. And that last line there, we're upside down. It, 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 maybe it's a little on the nose because of what had just happened. The war in Iraq had just started and it felt like American politics were upside down. But it's bigger than that, in my opinion. Uh, we're upside down. Humanity is upside down to let these kinds of things. How does this happen? How do we let ourselves get bamboozled into thinking that this is the path we need to be going down. Um, it's if, There's no, as far as I'm aware, no ellipses at the end of the we're upside down, but there might as well be. Um, and I just love how, I, I think that these lines just encapsulate the feeling of the record more than anything else. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great lyric. It's, it's the, uh, with the possible exception of, of do the evolution. I think it's the song that's the most, indebted to Daniel Quinn and, and Ishmael on mm. uh, any of these albums. And this is right at that period where he would have been really at the forefront of, you know, Eddie's writing and thinking, but just, you know, the, um, I, I, the Iraq, a larger American politics re totally makes sense. And again, it seems to line up with the, the theme that you're leaning into tonight. Um, but just, I mean, I love, I've always read it more from an environmental lens uh and just the the um, and the, the daniel the the quinn lens the, the human belief that we can emancipate ourselves from the the laws of nature you know that we can engage in self-destructive behavior uh know full well what the consequences are and somehow believe it's going it's going to be okay because of our conviction that the world was given to us to to use for our own benefit, to exploit as we as we need it, even though the bill is going to come due because we can't. And in the you know the long enough timeline, you know Mother Nature will have the last laugh as we write ourselves out of that story. That's a great uh, point. Uh, pinning well it to uh, evolution like that. Yeah. All right, let's go to Paul's choice for favorite lyric from Right Act. That 
Valentine's Day, 2003, Eddie Vedder says to a crowd, Sydney, Australia, this song's about hitchhiking your way through a broken heart. That could have been one of the best lines on, on Riot Act if he opted to use it. Uh, I, I, I've really, I just adore this, that this, that the opening here with, with these sets of lyrics. I let go of a rope thinking that's what held me back. And in time, I've realized it's now wrapped around my neck. Um, Eddie's ability to um, make it feel tangible, this metaphorical um, feeling, or I should say his ability to, to, to use this imagery to kind of metaphorically recreate what it truly feels like, what regret really feels like, and to, to lose someone that you love, or whether it's through your own poor choices or, or, or just fate, and uh, trying to hold on, trying, trying to, to lasso this person. And, uh, and now, to quote Eddie, to, to find yourself hitchhiking, hitchhiking your way through a lonely heart, and uh, a broken heart, I should say. Uh, I just think it's uh, it, there's just so much going on here. I just I've always loved it. It's I've I've always um, I mean that's Thumbing My Way is probably the best overall lyric on the the album from start to finish. Not one of my my favorite songs, but just you know really an you know, excellent uh, exercise in writing. And the the rope line in particular, I've always really loved for the intimation that you know the that he had screwed up this relationship by thinking he needed to be, you know, independent, um, you know, that he was looking for, you know, for, for freedom, that his obligation to this person, the uh, reciprocity that comes from having to be in a relationship with something that was holding him back. And then realizing like, no, that was the, the freedom that I thought I wanted is actually what's choking me right now. And where yeah. I was actually you know, better off and okay was with that other person. I don't know that I've ever heard a um, a broken heart song told through the story of hitchhiking before. And it's when you wrap your mind around how that could work, you go, all right, Ed, tip of the cap, because, wow, it just kind of opens up another portal or another kind of facets of the brain that hadn't been opened before to think about how you could even think about that feeling. Um you're continuing your theme, Paul, of picking out these little hidden gems, as it were. All right, let's move to the year 2000. In the year 2000. Anybody recognize that reference? No? Uh, Silverchair. No. Well, yes, no? but no, yeah. I'm, I'm doing Conan. Oh. In the year 2000. No? Oh, my God. I'm showing my age. Anyways, we're going to Binaural, and uh, this is Stip's Choice. Favorite lyric from Binaural. Oh, Well done, sir. So Insignificance is one of Eddie's best overall lyrical outings. And there are, there's more ornate lyrics in there that are really, really good, that are just, you know, artfully done or, you know, really evocative images. Um, but what I've always loved about that, like that's, that's the line that I, uh, immediately drew me in both to the song and, and on the album is... The way it, it starts out seemingly like, you know, so, so small and insignificant, no, uh, you know, pun intended, like in that that huge song and the way it speaks to, to music bridging these vast impossible divides, the way that it elevates us, makes us feel bigger, connected to something larger than ourselves, that no matter how powerless we, we may feel in a particular moment, 
we're never really alone. So, uh, there are others who have felt that way. There are others who have been there and then been through the way in which uh, it's the shared experience of music and the community of music that helps you get to that place yourself. Um, you know, especially it, this starts to disappear a little bit after binaural, but the way in which you know, music as 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 healing, as as community, as you know, the generator of solidarity is, is such an important theme in those those first five six records. And you know, it's just that you know one line there is is captures the heart of what like you know Pearl Jam's first decade was all about the the revival feeling of of the the live shows, uh, which I haven't been to now in like you know nine years and, and desperately miss. Um, yeah, it's, it's all right there in that, that one line. This is one of those songs that, um, again, I feel like you're picking songs that, uh, tend to be like a microcosm of the record in a sense. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Um, it's one way. No, 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 no. no. I, I think that's, um, I've tried to pick I, it. I didn't do this intentionally, but now that you say that it, it worked out, that in a, a, a lot of cases, these are lyrics that that encapsulate you know, important themes on the the records, but not not by design. It just worked out that way. Just a happy accident. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll go to my choice for a favorite lyric from Binaural, and it's this. There's a uh, there's a song <clears throat> on the most recent Social Distortion record, which came out I don't know six seven years ago, and uh, my favorite song on the record says something very similar to that last line. You got to spend it all, and, and the name of the song is "Can't Take It With You." So just saying the same thing, different different way. I love this idea that you can't just, you can't, you can't save the love. You got to give it away. You got it much the same way of giving the fly. You've got to, um, you got to savor what we have while we have it because at any point, like the end, it's gone. And the idea that, you know, together we are miles apart. Every inch between us becomes light years. Now, the more time that's gone between us being those miles apart, it feels like forever. And, um, you can't try and, 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 I don't know how many times I have tried to think about all the ways that, oh, this is, it's fine. It's fine that, you know, they're over there. I haven't seen them in four years. It's okay. You know, go through your, 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 your pictures. Yeah, it's fine. This is great. I got this memory. You can't, you can't live on through that. You got to live off of the love that you, that you have been holding inside. You've got to see them again. You've got to talk to them on the phone again. And because before you know it, they go away. And, and this is the lamentation of that. And I think it's, one of the strongest parts of this record um, is this song, which is the reason why it was a single. But um, this particular section, I, I've just always really, really enjoyed. It, it was on my short list for this album, so I'm with you on that one. Let's go to Paul's favorite. I'm curious here. What's it going to be? What's it going to be from Binaural? There's a girl on the 
never forget reading a review on the skyscraper binaural <laughs> where Stip very eloquently argued that this song actually would probably have been better suited as a b-side and uh which made sense at the time because you were looking at the album as a whole and you were thinking where does the song fit in terms of like what is the overall um construction of this album what, what does this look like and how does this song fit in and the, the, the hardest time that the, the, I should say that the challenge, the difficulty I had with that was how much I absolutely loved opening up an album with these two lines. <laughs> it is, uh, it, I mean, it's like Led Zeppelin um, meets, uh, I don't know, John Fogarty. It's just like, it's, it's just raw and, uh, there's a girl on a ledge who's got nowhere to turn because all the love that she had was just wood that she burned. I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's some it's yeah, it really is. It's just just great rock and roll. And um I love the idea here too, because it, it it extends beyond this. Now her life is on fire. It's no one else's concern here, right? I mean, and I think that's an important distinction. She can blame the world or pray till dawn. And again, it's it, when you think about the spelling of pray, I think that's key as well. But uh, we talked a little bit about this uh, this song a while back on the on the show, and uh, how there's a lot more happening here than I think we we gave it credit for at the time. And uh, I, I'm actually curious, Stip, on on your take on this, and whether or not uh, it, you may very well still hold the same opinion. Has it a song that that, that <laughs> no, I don't think Stip ever said it wasn't a good song. No, but I like the song. I, I, I I'm wondering. Not so much do you think it, it still fits on the album, but I, I've always been curious about your 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 take on this one. See, it's I, I don't maybe it's evolved a little bit. I don't know that it's it's fundamentally different. It's a good example, like there great opening lyric to an album for sure. There's something about where it goes, like when you get to the second verse, and the way at least for me, the second verse recontextualizes the first verse that it's, it kind of always felt like a slightly mean-spirited song to me. And there's a few just kind of snotty moments on binaural. Uh, Soon Forget is, is probably the other, yeah. the other example of it, where I've, I want there to be a little bit more uh, empathy for the, the, the girl on the ledge. And you know, there's a kind of like a diffidence to the the music too. It's like, you know, come on lady, get your shit together. You know, you're, you're doing this to yourself, which might be perfectly fair, you know, uh, as a, a character study, but, um, you know, it, a, a Pearl Jam song that gets a little mean always just, you know, gets docked a point or two in my, uh, my own personal rankings, but I think it makes sense on, you know, binaural in its way, like it, it earns its place as a, an album opener just because binaural is such a lost record. Like if, you know, Riot Act is tired and, and weary, like almost, almost every song on binaural, you know, is just somebody trying to find their way or make sense of something that's, that's bigger than themselves that they can't quite grasp. 
I mean, all three of the songs that we picked have that. And, you know, there's, uh, I came, I came to the realization for myself the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, thinking about this, that basically almost every Pearl Jam song is a love song. It's either a, a precursor to a love song, making yourself, uh, you know, worthy of love. It's about what happens if you don't have it. It's about needing it, or it's about you know what you need to do to to keep it. Um, and you know, break or fall is certainly you know it's it's delivering that message in you know maybe a slightly more judgmental way than I usually go in for in terms of what I'm looking for. But you know, it's it's right there. It's like you know that you know that love is the solution to all of her problems, and then throughout much of the rest of the record, you know, what binaural keeps grappling with is, you know, it's, it's loss, you know, not necessarily romantic love always, but like, you know, that, that human connection that's at the the heart of, of any type of love. I don't know if that actually answered your question or not. No, it it absolutely did. I just wonder if uh, it's, it's, this is a kind of song that is necessary. You know, not not it every every not every song needs to have a nice little not that you're insinuating mm-hmm. that they have to have nice little bows at the end, but you know that it has to have a counterweight. Not mm-hmm. every song needs to have a counterweight. Mm-hmm. In, in its defense, I mean, maybe it does. Maybe it, maybe it should. I don't know. But maybe that's what he's thinking. Is like, listen, there's a person out there that we've all come across where they are a lost soul. They are they are helpless, and we've all tried to help them in various different ways. You we've get Sabi on the next record. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like, it just, it is what it is. And you're just, this is an observation. Um, I don't know. Look, maybe, at, look at the ending of Brother of the Cloud. Yeah. There you go. Yep. So this is what we call an edit point. Uh, you may have noticed that the uh, episode is quite long already. In fact, one of our longer ones in history and so we've decided to put a pin in this discussion and finish our favorite lyrics from the entire catalog next time on episode 101. And uh, we'll go from yield all the way through 10, and we will hit our lyric of the week. Um, and I assure you, it's a good one. Uh, I was there when we recorded it. So uh, with that being said, uh, we hope you've enjoyed part one of our 100th uh, episode spectacular as it were and stip paul and myself will be back for part two officially titled episode 101 next week so with that until we see you next week for part two slash episode 101 you have been listening to oh wait paul's not here it's just me the state of love and trust state of love and-